We are on. We are. We're good. This is it. This is we're all set. All right. Hovering over it. Careful to not Mike's unplug the cord there. Did not unplug. All right. Well, uh, Underground Teachers Lounge episode something. It's been a while. It's been a couple months. Seventeen, I think. This is the seventeenth version. Okay. So yeah, it's it's been a, a little bit of a a little bit of a break um, due to weather and other circumstances. So when did when did we when was our inaugural? When was our first? Last year, about around this time, last spring, was we it? sat down for one of our first. Yeah, I wonder podcasts. if we're on pace for at least every other week. As you far know, as like if we would if we could get to twenty six before our, I don't think so. Before the end of the year. Well, or whatever. Yeah. We're close. Yeah, we're a little we're a little under once every three weeks, and that's talking summer too. But sure, we've been pretty consistent. This this winter's been a bit of anomaly. Yes. So what do you that, know? Uh, well, um, I would really like to pick up where we were discussing with, uh, and you know, just to hear a little bit more about your thoughts about this digital minimalism. Um, you had mentioned this yesterday and, and a, a book that you were currently reading. Um, I think just for the, the listener's sake, uh, just to share a little bit about that book and, and how you've been internalizing sure. it and maybe taking some of those practice. Um, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport was something that so uh, the reason I was attracted to the, uh, to the title in the first place was because uh, we, we study, you know, transcendentalist philosophy in class, um, which I always find super refreshing every year that I get to it. You know, it seems like it's a needed retreat from the, the from the busyness, from the craziness of the techno world that we live in. And... Uh, yeah, so I, I was probably attracted to the title at first and didn't... I, I had a concept of what it would be and, and um, just finished it here yesterday. Um, and there are some practical pieces to this that I think would benefit the majority of society, although I'm not going to walk down the hallway toting it and and you know getting on a soapbox about it. But I think everybody would probably do well from um, assessing their relationship with uh, social media and and maybe more some of that passive um, what what Cal Newport calls low leisure <clears throat> type of activity like Netflix and um, games and and different things like that. Low leisure. I mean, yeah, I he classifies. Uh, low leisure as um, something that's not constructive. Okay. Something where you're consumer and consumer only. And not only just are you, are you consuming in, in this day and age, but every time you stay, you're, you're basically a slave. You're basically giving people data about yourself that allows them to profit off of you. So it's this like... It's not just that you're idle and wasting time. It's that um, you're being trapped more and more. Um, and and, and it, it's not such a doom and gloom uh, take in the book. 
because you could easily walk away from wow. any of those digital trappings. I think the in in thought, you know, in theory, it's easy to walk away. But I think you watch a lot of people struggle with that. I think if they really evaluated their use of time, they might say, uh, "Yeah, I've spent," or 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 even just be willing to track it and take a look at, at how they're using their time. Um, I'm still far from where I want to be with that, but at the, uh, with, with the, the baby on the way around New Year's, um, you know, a, a year ago at New Year's, I had gotten rid of my personal Facebook account, which and, you know, this is obviously prior to reading Digital Minimalism. It was just something I felt like I needed. I would spend idle time there was a lot of negativity or just meaningless type of stuff on there so I was like well I'm I don't know what I'm doing and I really loved Twitter um and wondered I just was spending inordinate amounts of time scrolling this timeline and so I it was almost it was weird how I kind of shook myself awake from that. Um, I think conversations with you, you know, like probably at least made me think critically about it. But really, it was only an experiment. It was really to just get away with it. Um, so I took the app off my phone and said I'd log in only on my only on my computer. And um, um, lo and behold, I begin to read this book and and start to find that a lot of other people are engaging in similar practices um, and trying to take back their time and take back their mind a little bit too. And uh, I, I have to tell you, it's a little bit of a, a scary experience. I don't know. There's a, a uh, maybe it's a combination of things, but I think I've found myself nervous in the last few weeks because... I'm looking at all of the things that I need to get um, to fill that time with, and and what, what um, I th- Wh- which which time are you referring to? I'm just curious. There is is this downtime that you typically would be scrolling through a feed, or is it downtime that you maybe would be playing a game, or what? Well, there, there's the... there's two parts of this. There, um, so this is time, any of that low leisure time, scrolling, gaming, Netflixing, whatever. Um, so yeah, like obviously, like building in constructive habits, like feeling creative, that type of stuff is is one side of this coin. But I think the other side of the coin, and one of the scarier realizations that I made upon reflection was that I wasn't accumulating any knowledge. I was just collecting thoughts, <laughs> and I still have to get out of that. Like, like constructing knowledge takes uh, thought and takes time. And if I look at my bookmarks, even right now on my Chrome, like I have thousands of bookmarks that I'll never get to. And there was just this lack of priority. I was just becoming a sorter, not a not a not a learner I was like oh this will fit good here this will fit good here and then never coming back to it a collector in a way I mean yeah you're collecting ideas or you know digital references that are showing up and 
you know, I'm guilty of that as well. I mean, we could open up my my Safari page right now, and I probably have probably close to 15 pages open. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of them are related professionally. Some of them are things that I've, you know, maybe looked up or looked into. Um, you know, it's, I think that's one of the the benefits and the drawbacks of the internet. Mm-hmm. Your, your ability to instantly, I have an idea, I want to search it, you know. And it's not so much, we could get into the instant gratification side of that. It, it's not so much about that. It's, it's, here's a tool that... If I want to look into something, I certainly can. If I want to delve into uh, a topic, I certainly can find more and more about it. But I think that kind of leads us down into that, that rabbit hole. And we, we keep spiraling and you maybe shoot off into another tunnel and you just, it just keeps going and you start collecting those. And, and like you said, are you really taking the time to formulate and, and put that into an idea that you're actually embedding into your brain as, right. as knowledge. Right, something that you can live with. I think, I think the other, the big part of this that's really interesting to me is that Cal Newport is a computer science professor, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if anybody has the credibility or, or the position um, to take a stance on something like this, I think it's him. Uh, it makes me nervous. The, the understanding the type of trap that I was in mentally with that. So you, you referred to the internet as a tool. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately it is, right? And I think, if you, I think there are so many other tools that if we analyzed how people use them and said, oh, oh like, let's just take like a weed trimmer, right? And, and we watched people's relationship with the weed trimmer become this thing where the weed trimmer dominates their thoughts and brain like obviously it's for a different use but like just take something really stupid like that and say well we've analyzed what your relationship with the weed trimmers become over the last 10 years and it's scaring us <laughs> it's, know, like the, like, it's like the man who attempts to mow his lawn with the weed trimmer right he, but, he, he wants to mow everybody's lawn with the weed right, trimmer. right and he's just like honey i'll be home at you know 10 don't worry about me i'm gonna be spending some time with the weed tr- <laughs> and yet like we have people and myself included uh you know would spend time in our house with our family on the weed trimmer Right. Until 10 o'clock at night and go, oh, wow, that time just passed. What happened? Uh, yeah. A little so. bit of a siren call there. Yeah. You know, with, with the phone, with the, with the digital world. It is easy to open up, open up your phone and just check out uh, right in the middle of everything. You know, I, I, I'm obviously with, with three kids, I try very, very consciously to refrain from opening my phone and and just checking out if i'm opening my phone in front of my kids it's usually we're having a discussion we're going to look it up it could be what's what's the weather going to do today i'm looking up the weather um i don't have a whole lot of social media outside of instagram but i can i can even see the trappings of instagram uh because uh as from what, from what little I know about the Cal Newport book, he references the, the digital social media culture, the sites, 
um, for creating these dopamine responses oh, with, yeah. with the the likes and the... It's similar to a gambling addiction, essentially, right. be- because of the randomness of the push notifications and mm-hmm. things like that that you get. He, uh, one more thing. He, he even, and this is just going from that, that article I read about it, it was interesting how he kind of, he, he likened the, the idea that when we get these likes, when we, when we get these, uh, um, these, I don't know, these check marks from our associates, our friends, our family, uh, we want to, or maybe it's just culturally, we want to believe that we're keeping in contact with these people. Yeah. Uh, my grandmother liked my photo. So I've, you know, made a, a nice relationship with my grandma and I continue to make a nice relationship because I like her photo. Yeah. Um, but in reality, we've, we've traded off actual face-to-face time with people, conversation time with people, because we think that this, this, this like of a photo or this, this back and forth between a virtual world is enough. And what he's found, and, and I'm sure you can relate or tell us more about this through the book, but people are lacking something. They're, they're finding emptiness within those relationships and emptiness in, in just relationships itself with anyone in general because they're so wrapped up in this digital world that that personal world is no longer relevant. Or it, I wouldn't say relevant, but it's just that connection is starting to deteriorate. And I think, uh, you know, one... What I had read about it was he had asked for volunteers to for 30 days, is this yeah. right, to shut their phone off or delete these apps. Um, and then what more about that? I mean, it was a voluntary thing that these people did. I think he was hoping to get like 90 people and then over 1,000 signed right. up for this. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> from what I can recall, he had some people that went full-blown implementation, some people like half and half. And the people that said, I I, I can't remember if it was the people that said they weren't ever going back or like they weren't going to use it anymore and whatever. The cold turkeys. Cold turkeys often struggled the most, right? Um, And so... um, that was a really interesting concept too. Um, I I think one of the the biggest pieces that, and and not to totally divert from this, but one of the biggest pieces that you touched on that I think is missing is um, real relationship building. And I think, we found some, we found a, a strategy to build that into our lives with a podcast even. And even if it's like somewhat irregular, we sit here for 30 minutes and we talk. Um, and, and we're not pulled or, you know, as, mu- as much as possible. And uh, I guess I'm, I'm a little concerned about our, you know, where our society could go with this too I think it's hard for us to sit and think about things it's hard for us to sit and be with things Um, we hear bells we hear intercoms we hear we get push notifications in our pockets and our brain can never sit with an idea for more than five minutes before our attention's pulled somewhere else and I find that really troubling 
um, there there isn't t- uh, there is time for introspection for reflection, but you have to fight to get it, and I, I'm not sure that I, I think that's an uphill battle, especially for people that haven't realized the game that's being played. In in the book in in the article I read uh, in regards to digital minimalism, um, he talked about. Um, some of these groups, the, the groups of people that were willing to to uh, um, try it out, yeah, try out the method of, of reducing digital influence throughout their lives. Um, he had said that people born before 1995 are going to have maybe not necessarily an easier time with this, or maybe maybe more. It was they're going to see more of a relevance to why it's important. Sure. Um, and I, I, you know, I think about that with our students. Anybody born after 1995 in this digital world, in this, this cell phone generation of, of students right now in the probably second or third grade with their own phones, how are they going to reflect on it like we are reflecting on it? Yeah, at least we, we have nostalgic. We yeah, we have a reference point of yeah. before cell phone enter, before cell phones entered our lives. BC. Yes, and now afterwards, yeah. and how we're we're kind of, you know, some people are seeing how detrimental it can be to their interactions, their learning. You know, um, especially from the teaching standpoint. I mean, I don't think there's a teacher in this school that would argue. Um, you know, for the, the, the use of cell phones in the classroom. I mean, we all, all want to see them at some point, um, you know, disappear and, and give us your full attention. Get, you know, give us 30 minutes, no cell phone. You don't realize, uh, you know, I'd like to say this to students, you don't realize that even those push notifications, even those little, these little silent buzzes, yeah. exactly, are distracting you. And... This is a generation that is is just they're growing up in it, and it's the norm. It's and the that norm. is kind of frightening. So last night, you know, I was thinking about the podcast, thinking about some things that I'd like to talk about. I really wanted to continue with the digital. Uh, I had some other talks with some um, some teachers yesterday about <laughs> phones, and um, I sat in my my dining room last night. My son was playing piano. And I just thought, I'm going to sit here. I, my phone was off of my coat hanging up in the entryway. But just sit. And I just thought about that. Like, how many people just sit and just think? There was no reading. There was no guitar playing. I, I just was listening to him practice. Uh, but just having the patience to sit. And like you said, that's going to be a challenge for people. The The those five, 10, 15 minute sessions where typically cell phone people want to fill it mm-hmm. with scrolling through a feed or they, you know, I look at the generation we teach or playing a game for 10 or 15 minutes, you know, logging into their clash world or whatever world. Take that away and you just think about life. Think about things. And that probably is really uncomfortable and really awkward and really scary for some people. Nerve-wracking, but important, yes. I, it, that makes me think about uh, the 
bit that I read from Siddhartha by Herman Hesse last night where the, the, the moment that the enlightened one became the enlightened one was when he just sat under a tree and, w- and was able to be, like, and um, hard, to, hard to not see that correlation right now. What, what I'll say with this is um, in the, um, in the, the fallout or whatever of starting to make this transition into more meaningful interaction with technology, one of the things that I've noticed is what I, I feel like 10 years or more of my life have been a really scatterbrained um, uh, like attempt at piecing this thing together, at like trying to, to master uh, skills. What I, and um, I wonder if this is gonna. This could be an added effect, is where people feel like, holy, holy cow! Like I've missed out on so much. If that will be something that they'll that'll hit with them like a wake-up moment like a real it is um i i and i felt it across the board as a as a sibling as a son as a as a husband as a teacher as a coach all of those roles that i fulfill um there was this like dunning kruger effect and are you familiar with the dunning kruger effect so the, the Dunning-Kruger effect, just real briefly, is um, on the x-axis is time elapsed or experience, and the y-axis is confidence. And the Dunning-Kruger model shows that early on, people are really confident in their abilities with, with very little experience. And, the, and even they'll be brash, they'll be whatever, but then that graph charts down to this plummeting realization like oh i don't have it all together i don't know what i'm doing and then gradually goes back up to to mastery where it's <laughs> there's actual mastery and and real confidence and and whatever else and i felt like i might be at the at the low of that <laughs> dunning kruger like just just because i'm like i i have a lot to learn is uh and I think that the move to be thoughtful about how I use my time and and am I constructing um, beneficial knowledge and skills is something uh, that's just where my head's at right now. Well, it sounds like you may be slowly inching your way back up. Out of the matrix. Right. Yeah. Well, listeners, we've got to wrap things up here. Our bell's going to... Well... Yeah, our bell's yeah, going to be wrapping up and students are going to be knocking on the door. Um, anything else to add? This was, this was good. This I, was I a good think one. This was, you know, I mean, digital minimalism is something I would love to hear more and more from, not just our conversation, so maybe popping up in, in other places yeah. with, with people that we know. Um, it is important, you know, that, that people just at least give it the idea. Like, what would your life be without... Twitter, what would your life be without Instagram, any of these, these feeds? What would your and, life be without constant distraction? Right. And what would your life be like well, if you focused on 
building habits that were construct that that made you actually feel good. Well, and I, I think I think like you said earlier, school is a distraction. There, there's a lot of things that happen throughout our day. Um, you know, in the classroom, bells ringing and um, announcements coming over the intercom. That happens, and I think that's just. I don't want to say that should be normal, but that's something that we have to navigate. Um, but and we have no control of that, really. I right. mean, that's part of our environment. We do have control over this phone. We yeah. do have control over how we use it. And I think, like you said, um, it's the cold turkeys. It's the absolute. I'm going off into the woods. Don't ever, you know, want to talk with society again. <laughs> that mentality is not going. It to won't work. work. Um, we have to find that balance with it and use it for a tool and put it down for more important things. And I, what, what the book addresses, too, is that if you go the route and say, well, I'm going to give myself 15 minutes a day, a week, whatever, and say, I'll log into Twitter on my computer and go see what I'm missing, um, if, if, it was weird because it was my experience entirely. I loved surfing Twitter and I gave myself the the option to look at it, and I just don't. <laughs> I don't. And I don't know that I'm missing much, you know? And that's such a... That was, that, if you would have tried to explain that to me three months ago, I don't know that I would have listened, you know? I really thought I would be missing stuff. I'm not. Right. So... The world goes on. Yeah. You... We'll continue yeah. as if well, Kanye so. dyed his hair blue today, <laughs> I, I think I'm, I might learn about it somehow, but it's just not up the, you know. If he dyes his hair blue, you're, you're not missing out on any life-changing knowledge yeah. that you need to add to your yeah. portfolio. Yeah. Right. Good. Okay. Well, this wraps up. Um, episode whatever. Episode something. Yeah. Yes. All right. Until next time. Yeah.